0: Welcome to Access Utah, I'm Tom Williams. Utah Attorney General John Swallow is the subject of a federal and state investigation into a series of allegations, including that he helped broker deals to assist a businessman suspected of fraud, and that he promised protection to potential campaign donors to his predecessor, Mark Shurtleff. House Democrats are calling for his impeachment, and point to the case in renewing their call for ethics reform. Some Republicans are calling for Swallow to accept paid leave or resign, and at least one, Representative Spencer Cox from Fairview, says the House should consider impeachment. The Attorney General insists he broke no laws. He says he has no plans to quit. Today, we're going to ask you what you think. We'll be talking with House Speaker Becky Lockhart, House Minority Leader Jennifer Selig, and Representative Cox. Axis Utah follows the news.
1: Programming on Utah Public Radio is brought to you in part by Logan Summerfest Arts Fair, June 13th through 15th, featuring Providence artist Kay Holman. Daily musical performances, food, and children's activities in addition to jewelry, photography, pottery, and fine art.
0: Information at logansummerfest.com. Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. As we all know, Utah Attorney General John Swallow is the subject of federal and state investigations into a series of allegations, including that he helped broker deals to assist a businessman suspected of fraud and that he promised protection to potential campaign donors, to his predecessor Mark Shurtleff. House Democrats are calling for a formal investigation or perhaps impeachment proceedings. They point to this case in renewing their call for ethics reform. Some Republicans are also calling for Swallow to accept paid leave or resign, at least one. Representative Spencer Cox from Fairview says the House should uh, at least consider impeachment. The Attorney General insists that he broke no laws. He says he has no plans to quit. And we're going to talk about it on the program today. We're going to ask you what you think. The number is 1-800-826-1495, 1-800-826-1495. Or you can join us at upraccess at gmail.com, Upraccess at gmail.com. We bring in Utah House Speaker Becky Lockhart, a Republican from Provo. Uh, uh, Speaker Lockhart, welcome back to the program. Thank you.
2: Hi, how
0: are you? Uh, very well. I hope you're doing well as well. And we bring in Representative Spencer Cox, Republican from Fairview as well. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Tom. Uh, in about 20 minutes or so, we're going to uh, be joined as well by House Minority Leader Jennifer Seelig, a Democrat from Salt Lake City. I get the uh, Democrats' perspective. Let me start with uh, Speaker Lockhart. Um, talk of impeachment, very unusual in Utah. And so uh, I think your office and uh, many others have been uh, researching this. And what I'm learning here is that uh, a vote to institute impeachment proceedings is not necessarily a vote to impeach.
2: That's correct. Uh, actually, you said that it was very rare. Uh, it is very rare. In fact, it's never happened in Utah's history that an impeachment has moved forward and uh, articles of impeachment, if you will, have been drafted and voted on. Never before. Been so a... We're in somewhat uncharted territory here.
0: Yeah. So, what have you, so you have, I guess your office has been doing a bit of research, too. Uh,
2: yes, absolutely. We've been doing a lot of research. as Many of my colleagues, including Representative Cox, Uh, We we want to make sure that uh, we understand what impeachment means, that the public understands what impeachment means, that we, if and when we go uh, through this process, we do it properly, uh, that we do it in a way that the public can understand and respect. And uh, that's our main concern, is that if we do this, that it's done right, and it doesn't further erode the public trust.
0: Now, my understanding is, unlike the the, uh, U.S. House, the Utah House under the Constitution, uh, you have to have a, a two-thirds uh, of the House agreeing to institute impeachment investigation before you can even begin.
2: That's correct. That's required by the Constitution. The, the Speaker uh, must do a poll of the members, and if two-thirds of the members are in favor of convening a, an impeachment session, then you can begin the impeachment process.
0: I'm guessing you haven't got to, to, to polling the members. I don't know. Have you do, you? do you have a sense of where where your members are, and whether you have that two thirds threshold?
2: Well, let me first state that we are not polling. We have not done an informal or a formal poll uh, up to this point. It's hard to tell where all of the members are. Remember, we're an interim part of of uh, the legislature's work, meaning we only get together as an entire body once a month. We did that last month and did not have a have a Republican caucus. Uh, this month, on the 19th, we will be having our interim day again, where all of the members of the legislature will be at the Capitol. We will have a Republican caucus at, at that point and uh, discuss this issue uh, thoroughly, as long as it takes. And I think we'll have a better sense of where, at least where the Republicans are in the House at that point.
0: Representative Cox, uh, I, I believe you've called on the Attorney General to, uh, to to resign or at least take paid leave. Where Where, where are you on this?
3: Yeah, that that's that's accurate. I we, we've talked a little bit about the impeachment process today and, and one of the things that that's important to note about that is the expense of the procedure. Um, I, I know we don't have clear estimates of where that's going, but if you look at what's happened in other states, it's a very expensive procedure. Um, we're talking millions of dollars, and uh, with with the cloud and, and the continued erosion of, of public trust that's happening with the office, I just felt that it, it would make sense if, if, uh, and would be uh, again in the best interest of the people of, of the state, if the attorney general would consider stepping aside, um, taking a pay leave of absence so that uh, that public trust could be restored and uh, he could spend the time he needs to work on clearing his name and defending the allegations against him.
0: And uh, you have written that uh, the, the House should at least consider impeachment. Is it, You're not saying that he should be impeached necessarily, but you're, you're saying that perhaps the House should take up an impeachment investigation?
3: that 's correct and, and the purpose of of, uh, of what I wrote was really to to focus the discussion as um, as the speaker has, has said already this morning we know that those discussions are going to happen and uh, uh, leadership has 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 already put forward that, that at our interim meetings coming up later this month we will be having that discussion and so because we are in interim we don't get an opportunity and and because we're a part-time legislature we really don't get an opportunity to talk with our colleagues every day and to find out kind of what their thoughts are on this and so in, instead of calling for even calling for impeachment proceedings to to begin, my purpose was to to help start the conversation that's going to continue um, later this month so that when we do have an opportunity to get together, we're we're having an educated conversation. We know what impeachment means and what it doesn't mean. And uh, I'm anxious to hear hear from my colleagues. There may be some very good reasons why we should not begin impeachment proceedings yet, but um, I'm, I'm anxious to hear what those are.
0: Uh, Speaker Lockhart, what what's the sense you're getting from uh, you know, from the members of the House that, that the well, re- I do
2: talk to members of the House. Uh, they call me. Uh, I call them on other things, other agenda items, things like that. And, and invariably, the subject comes up. I would have to say at this point, my my gut feel is that we've got members of the Republican Caucus on the entire spectrum. Some who are, uh, you know, let the let the federal and the the uh, county investigations move forward. a um, somewhat of an innocent until proven guilty thought process, Uh, others who are, let's move forward now, he should resign, let's do the investigation. And then we have uh, also others who just frankly just don't know, and that's why we're engaged in giving them information, Hmm. making sure that they have all the information so when we do have to make a decision, they can back that up to their constituents. I've encouraged all of our members to... Talk to their constituents, to talk to their colleagues, to have these conversations, so that when we meet, when the Republicans meet on the, the 19th, that we aren't going into this cold. Right? That we've we've done our homework, we've gotten lots of information, we've talked to our constituents, and we can represent them in the best way that we can.
0: If you just joined us on Access Utah, we're talking about the case of Utah Attorney General John Swallow. He's the subject of uh, several federal and state investigations into a series of allegations. And uh, House Democrats are calling for formal investigation, uh, perhaps impeachment proceedings so that the investigation can proceed. Uh, Some Republicans are calling for Swallow to accept paid leave or resign. Uh, Representative Cox, who we have on the program, says the House should at least consider impeachment. The attorney general, by the way, of course, insists that he broke no laws. He says he has no plans to quit. Uh, and, uh, I should say that we uh, contacted the attorney general, um, and, uh, asked him to come on or, uh, someone to come on for him. And to this point, uh, they have, uh, not agreed to that. Uh, you can, uh, join the conversation here. We'd love to hear what you think about this case. 1-800-826-1495, 1-800-826-1495, or upraxcess at gmail.com. And we have with us, uh, Utah House Speaker, Becky Lockhart, and uh, Representative Spencer Cox from Fairview. Uh, later in the program, we'll have House Minority Leader Jennifer Seelig on with us. I should say, uh, Speaker Lockhart can only be with us for another five or ten minutes. Uh, so if you want to direct your questions to her, uh, you need to get your call in now. We do have uh, Mel in Leverkin is our first caller. up. Mel, uh, glad you called. Go ahead with your question or comment.
4: Good morning, everybody. Uh, it seems to me, as a citizen, that Mr. Lockhart is being tried in the newspaper.
0: Uh, Mr. Swallow.
4: Well, oh, yes, Mr. Swallow. I'm sorry. Yes, uh, he's being tried in the newspapers and on the f- and on the television screen. If anyone has enough evidence to present charges against Mr. Swallow, present them, take him to court, and let him have his day to defend himself. If he's guilty, get rid of him. If he's innocent, leave him alone. And that's all
0: I have to say about it. Thanks, Mel. I appreciate that. And I'm hearing some of that sentiment. You know, why isn't he innocent until proven guilty? so, why call for his resignation? Why call for him to take paid leave? Why, you know, call for instituting impeachment proceedings? Representative Cox, what's your reasoning there?
3: Yeah, and, and I think uh, Mel uh, from Leverkin brings up some some very good points, and and uh, and I pointed out those as well. There, there's a couple things at play here. First of all, the the idea of, of criminal proceedings and innocent pro- until proven guilty. As you mentioned earlier, there are several criminal proceedings and administrative proceedings also that are taking place right now where that investigation is happening, and uh, and and of course uh, the attorney general is innocent until proven guilty, and and will have his his opportunity if and. When uh, formal charges are brought as part of those investigations, and I, I think we all support that process, uh, the, the political process is a little different. And and uh, unfortunately, every time we hear the word impeachment, we we immediately think of guilt. That's that's kind of the association that comes with the word impeachment. When when really that's not the case at all. Um, impeachment has 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 two parts. First and foremost, our job as the House of Representatives is to protect the public trust in the office, not to protect the individual. And, and so our concern has to be when serious allegations are brought against someone in one of these offices, is there an erosion of public trust? And if so, uh, what can be done to restore that public trust? And, and the second part of that is important. Um, we also believe that someone is innocent until proven guilty. The problem is the only way we have to investigate and to see if the person is innocent or, or guilty is to start impeachment proceedings. Once we start that process, then we can appoint a committee or a special prosecutor, then we can subpoena you know, witnesses, we can take evidence, and then we can find out that the whole idea behind impeachment wasn't just to kick people out of office. The idea was, again, to find out whether the person is innocent or guilty to look at all the evidence. Um, in, in, that, in that way, the, uh, the special committee that would be appointed would act like a prosecutor. The body as a whole would act like a grand jury, and then, and then if two-thirds of the House of Representatives thinks that there are grounds for impeachment, that is then sent to the uh, to the Senate, who acts like a judge and jury. And so, one of the problems we have right now, and and as Mel has has kind of pointed out, is we can't even do an investigation and find out what is true and and what isn't true until we start these proceedings.
0: Uh, Speaker Lockhart, I'm curious about the, the constitutional language. I'm guessing you're you're looking into this, uh, as we all are, because impeachment is so rare in Utah. Um, the U.S. standard, uh, you know, as we all recall from the impeachment of President Clinton, uh, high crimes and misdemeanors, what's the standard in in Utah law?
2: Sure, we have very similar language in the Utah Constitution, high crimes, misdemeanors, and malfeasance in office. And uh, having done a lot of this research, a lot of, you know, law professors, other court cases that have moved forward, uh, high crimes and misdemeanors does not mean like a, a felony and a, and a misdemeanor. Uh, high crimes and misdemeanors in the context of impeachment. This goes way back to, uh, you know, the 14th, 1500s in in England. Um, this is where this language comes from, and and the meaning of it comes from that our founders understood what was happening in England, understood why they had impeachment, and they and they took that those terms, those terms of art, and they are political terms. They're Remember, an impeachment is a political process as opposed to a criminal process, which happens in the courts. And so, as Representative Cox mentioned, this is a process that has to do with the public trust. And the high crime and misdemeanor in the context of impeachment has much more to do with the public trust than it does with an actual criminal act hmm. per se. We, d-
0: we do have another caller, a Scott in Logan. Uh, Scott, glad you called. Go ahead with your question or comment.
4: Well, thank you for taking my call. Uh, I just want to make one comment, and that comment is uh, as a re- I'm retired in federal civil service, and our standard of ethics and conduct is is extremely strict and very high. And when you talk about public trust, I I have been following this issue for quite a while, and I've been horrified with what I would call the shenanigans of the attorney general's office. And I think it's time that we need to take a hard look at these people uh they're they're running the attorney general's office like a protection racket where you know if half of the things they say are true that I read in the newspaper, I think it's a lot more than the public trust that's involved here. I think they're actually criminal charges and certainly disbarment, and I feel pretty strongly about it because I have been very, very disappointed with the caliber of uh, our attorney generals and some of the things that they take for granted that uh, we would never get away with in, in federal public service. And that's all I have to
0: say. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. Appreciate that. Scott called 1-800-826-1495. You can as well. Talking about the case of Attorney General John Swallow. uh, It's got some members of the House talking about impeachment proceedings. As we've learned, that doesn't necessarily necessarily mean impeachment per se, but uh, in Utah law, two-thirds of the House has to vote for impeachment proceedings to begin for for those investigations to begin. We're talking with uh, Speaker of the House, Becky Lockhart, and uh, with Representative Spencer Cox from Fairview. You can join the conversation at 1-800-826-1495 1-800-826-1495 or upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. Uh, uh, first, uh, to Speaker Lockhart in response to Scott and Logan, there I, I think there is a broad sentiment out there that if these allegations are true, big if, um, that uh, you know, this goes beyond public trust, and it goes to you know some some criminal proceedings, which of course are proceeding. What, what do you feel, uh, Speaker Lockhart, to the, the, from your members you've talked to, and perhaps you'd like to express your personal opinion? Um, do you, uh, of course, these criminal proceedings or investigations are proceeding? Are you focused on the public trust issue? That's what you're mostly mostly uh, focusing on.
2: For me personally, yes. I think that the the criminal investigations that are going on will move forward as those um, investigators and prosecutors see fit. We um, we know that there are federal investigations. We know that there are some local or county level uh, district attorney type level uh, investigations going on as well as um, some complaints at at the bar level. Hmm. And so we know these things are going on. The legislature doesn't want to get um, involved in those. Clearly, that's not our place, but in terms of of the public trust and what is it that our constituents are telling us, do they have trust in uh, the Attorney General's office and the Attorney General in in specificity to um, continue to, to do the job that he was elected to do? And uh, those really are the questions before the legislature, uh, the House in particular, at this point.
0: uh, I know we have to let you go here pretty soon, uh, Speaker uh, Lockhart. Uh, House Democrats are pointing to this case as an illustration of of their continuing call for ethics reform. I don't know uh, whether you agree with that. Do you you think there is appetite in the House after this to, uh, to consider some ethics reforms?
2: Well, let me answer it this way by saying we have done some significant ethics reform over the past four or five years in terms of uh, disclosure and gift limits and those kinds of things. You know, you hear these things, oh, they have to go to jazz games. We don't take, We are not allowed to go to jazz games. You know, all these tickets and things, we've gotten rid of that. We've done significant ethics reform over the past few years. But let me also say this, that if the things that are alleged against the attorney general and the former attorney general are are um, true. That's already against the law. Passing more laws isn't going to change that. Those things would already be against the law. And so um, I, I sit there and logically say, passing more laws, those things are already against the law. It's not like we, those aren't. And I hope that, that that's clear.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Representative Cox, what, what's your view on, on ethics reform?
3: Well, I, I think the speaker has has really um, hit the nail on the head here, and, and just a couple things that that, that could be brought up. Um, just this past session, there were uh, there were laws passed um, in direct response to some of the things that happened uh, with with this very case. So, one in particular, there there was a difference in the rules uh, relating to, to civil servants and uh, those who were political appointees, like uh, the current attorney general was when he was the chief deputy to the former attorney general. And and so we, we did pass a law this year that changed that to, to, to make it impossible for those that are appointed, specifically when it comes to conflicts and outside um, outside work. Uh, prior to this, uh, uh, those that were appointed were, were still able to take outside work from other sources that, that could, in fact, conflict with their, their jobs working for the attorney general and, and other appointments. And uh, that was a loophole that, that wasn't, wasn't clear until this case came forward. And so I think, I think we're always looking for ways to improve, uh, to, to be more open, to, to be more ethical. And when we do find holes in, in the system, uh, we're very anxious to fix those. Uh, again, I, I hope that that's been done, and as, as the speaker very, very wisely pointed out, uh, just because we have ethics rules and, and laws on the books doesn't mean people always follow them, and, and that's, why, that's why we have these very investigations.
0: Uh, Finally, with Speaker, I I know we have to let you go. A couple last questions. Uh, First, uh, uh, can the House not investigate this uh, aside from impeachment? Would you prefer that?
2: Well, we've looked at that fairly closely um, and are not quite sure that that can be done. Um, It's going to take some significant amount of budget, uh, potentially. And um, and the authority, you have to remember, we're a part-time legislature, and so the authority of the Speaker to uh, appoint committees. Kinds of things are things that we're looking into, um, but it, the, the cleanest way to do this, as, as I've understood the information that to us from our attorneys, the best way to do this, if we want to enter into investigation, is to start the impeachment process. Remember, we could start the impeachment process, go through an investigation, and not draft articles of impeachment. Right it isn't isn't impeached until you know until articles of impeachment are drafted and voted upon and passed by two-thirds. Mm. So an investigation is not an impeachment. An investigation is part of the process. but The impeachment doesn't occur until the articles are drafted and, and, and debated and voted on by the entire House.
0: The, this is kind of confusing to people who, are, of course, were just coming to this because it, it almost never happens in Utah. Do you, do you think uh, the Constitution ought to be changed so that, like the U.S. House, uh, you know, proceedings could be instituted in a, in a committee, and then if you have two-thirds after that, uh, uh, vote for Well, we
2: have, a ne- we have another complication there, and that is that um, sometimes people say, well, you ought to do it in the interim committees. Well, one of the issues there is that an interim committee is a joint committee between the House and the Senate, and impeachment lies with the House only. The Senate, when and if impeachment articles are passed, the Senate acts as a as, uh, trier. Of the articles. So, if you have a hearing with a mixed committee, if you will, a House and Senate joint committee, you almost are mixing the impeachment process hmm. between the two bodies, which, by the Constitution, isn't isn't uh, considered. Isn't the House does impeachment, the Senate tries. If that makes sense. Yes.
0: Uh, finally, uh, Speaker Lockhart, uh, maybe you could reiterate for us. You'll um, we'll be meeting on the 19th. You'll be you'll be pulling your caucus at that point, will you?
2: Uh, I don't know if we'll be polling the caucus. We'll have an open caucus. Uh, members of the press are welcome to be there and public who happens to, you know, want to come in. Remember, this is held in our caucus room, which is not an auditorium. <laughs> it is our caucus room. Uh, but it, it will be open, and um, we will have a very open discussion and see where that goes. Mm. It is not my plan at this point to have a poll during that caucus meeting. Uh, we'll, it, it'll be very interesting to see how that discussion flows. And uh, we'll get a really good sense of where the Republican caucus is uh, during and after that meeting.
0: Uh, And as you know, uh, Democrats are usually uh, irritated in these sorts of instances when when you have just the caucus there. Uh, You know, I've I've heard some Democrats saying that this sort of a thing ought to be, you know, Democrats and Republicans together.
2: Well, Democrats and Republicans together would constitute would not constitute a caucus, and therefore we have to be publicly noticed, et cetera. It would be like a committee of the whole when the legislature is in session. Uh, parties are allowed under the law to caucus and meet, so we meet separately as a Republican and Democrat caucus. Uh, if we meet all together, those, all those things are subject to um, the open and public meetings laws. The, the notice requirements, the recording requirements, all those kinds of things. So a whole different set of rules apply if we were to meet together as the entire House. Mm. Uh,
0: We uh, have to let you go. Uh, Speaker uh, Becky Lockhart, Republican from uh, Provo, has been our our guest for this portion of the program. Thank you so much. Uh, Thank you. And we're going to take a brief break. We're going to come back with uh, Representative Spencer Cox, Republican from uh, Fairview. We uh, hopefully will be joined uh, at that point or soon by Representative Selig. I believe she is on the line. She is the House Minority Leader. Uh, We'll get the Democratic perspective. We're talking about the case of Attorney General John Swallow. We've been following this in the news. Uh, Serious allegations. There are investigations on state and federal level proceeding. We're going to get into some of the specifics of the allegations in the next half of the program. And uh, we we would love to get your perspective perspective, Uh, you can call 1-800-826-1495, 1-800-826-1495, or upraxis at gmail.com. We do have an email we'll get to uh, following the break. Support for Access Utah comes from Crumb Brothers Artisan Bread at 300 South and 300 West in Logan. Open Monday through Saturday until 2 with a changing menu of a specialty salad, French breakfast pastries with local seasonal fruits, and lunch sandwiches
4: pick up some
2: prime works of art, culinary creations at locations in Moab, St. George, and Logan, and bid on several bed and breakfast stays when you ante up during UPR's online auction. Let the bidding begin by going to upr.org where you can purchase items and support programming on UPR bid from the comfort of your own personal computer now through June 18th. You are making money for UPR and getting some fantastic framed art or a stylish haircut from someone who supports UPR. So join in now by going to upr.org and let the bidding begin.
1: Programming on Utah Public Radio is brought to you in part by Logan Summerfest Arts Fair, June 13th through 15th, featuring Providence artist Kay Holman. Daily musical performances, food, and children's activities, in addition to jewelry, photography, pottery, and fine art. Information at LoganSummerfest.com. <music>
0: Thanks for being with us for Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. Today we are talking about Utah Attorney General John Swallow. He's the subject of federal and state investigations into a series of allegations, including that he helped broker deals to assist a businessman suspect of fraud and that he promised protection to potential campaign donors to his predecessor, Mark Shirtliff. And so their investigations, a couple of counties, uh, the state and uh, federal authorities, and uh, a couple of. Uh, I think, uh, allegations or or proceedings at the the Utah State Bar Uh, and uh, House Democrats are calling for formal investigation or uh, perhaps uh, impeachment proceedings. So this can be investigated. And they're pointing to this case in renewing their call for ethics reform. Some Republicans are calling for Swallow to accept paid leave or to resign. At least one, Representative Spencer Cox, Republican of Fairview, who we have on the program today, says the House should at least consider consider impeachment proceedings. The Attorney General says he broke no laws. He says he has no plans to quit. And uh, we were talking with Speaker Becky Lockhart. We now uh, bring in addition to Representative Cox, House Minority Leader Jennifer Seedlick, Democrat from Salt Lake City. Welcome back to the program, Representative.
5: Good morning.
0: Uh, Thank you for joining us. And uh, let me uh, direct this email question uh, from Greg in Logan. Uh, First to you, um, Representative Seelig. This is what uh, Greg says. Can one of the representatives walk us through which allegations against Attorney General Swallow worry them the most?
5: Uh, Well, I mean, I can tell you from my perspective, from what I'm hearing from my constituents and from members of the caucus about what they're hearing is this perception of pay-for-play um, and how money is just rampant in decision-making. And that's been the biggest problem that that, um, that we're hearing about. I think maybe it may be the one that people can get their arms around that's most accessible to them. Certainly uh, other issues related to campaign finance Elections have come up. I think the biggest thing that we keep hearing about is the, um, the money issue.
0: Mm. At and, this point. and just to follow up, um, are these, do you think this is just a, if the allegations are true, this is just a bad actor, or do you think there's systemic reforms that need to be done that would help this?
5: We actually believe that there are systemic reforms that need to be made because, quite frankly, if this issue, when it becomes, becomes alleviated or addressed, if we don't set forth an environment and create a stage for ethical behavior, then it's just a matter of time for something to happen again. And that's why we're talking a lot about campaign finance, for example. Mm-hmm.
0: What, uh, what specific um, reforms would you like to see implemented?
5: Well, we have run – Democrats have run bills historically related to campaign finance, and one that a caucus member of ours, Representative Brian King, started last year. And uh, Representative Chavez Hauck began in prior years put limits on campaign contributions, and that's actually a public bill. It's being fleshed out right now, Um, but it was run last year Hmm. as well.
0: Representative Cox, I'd like to run this question uh, past you as well. Uh, A reminder, Greg and Logan says, uh, can you walk us through which allegations against Attorney General Swallow worry you the most?
3: Well, uh, to be frank, all of them, <laughs> mm-hmm. and and they are they are very serious allegations. But 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 I think I think um, if I can if I can just add a little bit to what uh, what Minority Leader uh, Selig has said um, that that concept and specifically here the idea of the office that we're dealing with again we're talking about the the Attorney General's office, which is the top law enforcement official in the state, and so if, if ever there was a need for for kind of a higher standard when it comes to this type of behavior the idea that that again the allegation that people who are are conducting activity that is is either illegal or, or unethical would be uh, would be donating um, and and being asked to donate to to the attorney general's race specifically uh, for for kind of a protection or th- this idea that that they would not have to really abide by the same rules if they make big campaign donations. And again, those are the allegations. This idea of kind of paying to play. Um, I think those are the most serious, especially because it is the top law enforcement official uh, in the in the state.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Representative Seelig, is that uh, I guess that's in part driving this, especially serious because this is the top law enforcement officer. Yes,
5: um, y- yes. I'm sorry, you cut out.
0: Oh yes, I was just, it was just saying that the stakes are raised, stakes are higher, perhaps because this is the top law enforcement officer.
5: That is absolutely correct.
0: Uh, so. Uh, let me get the sense of, of your caucus. I've been reading reports that uh, I think unanimously your caucus in the House uh, would support uh, beginning impeachment proceedings.
5: We actually started this discussion in our May interim meeting during our, our open caucus. And we, like the Speaker, has iterated throughout the conversation, as well as Representative Cox, focusing on gathering information about the constitutional context, the code context, um other history, to be able to make good decisions. And we started talking about where we would be then, and then over the course of the last few weeks, based on processing that information, hearing from our constituents, yes. And um, all 14 of us are in a place where we would either like to begin with an investigatory committee or start the impeachment process. And so we communicated that to the um, Repo- to the Republican caucus, to the majority, so that in the course of their conversations that they would know where we are.
0: The Republicans, according to uh, Speaker Lockhart, we have in caucus on the 19th, and uh, she says that'll be open, but it will just be a Republican caucus. Is that sufficient for Democrats?
5: Uh, well, we have our own business to attend to during that time as well certainly other issues, and I'm sure that we'll be receiving updates pertaining to this one as well. I mean, the goal is so that there's public access, right? So it's back to the public trust part. Uh,
0: there is some talk. L- let me direct this first to uh, Representative Cox. Representative Lee Perry, a uh, Republican from Perry, uh, is talking about uh, instituting a recall provision. Do you support that?
3: you know that's that's a fascinating um a fascinating idea and thought i i think there are I, I haven't done the research but I think there are maybe 19 or 20 states that do have uh, recall provisions and and, f- and for your listeners who, who might not be familiar with that it's this idea that if, if a certain percentage of, of people um, come together usually in, in a petition type form that um, that a special election can be held uh, for for a sitting uh, a sitting officer and so in this case we you know we could someone could go around and gather petitions and then there would be a special election. Now we've seen we've seen several recall elections in, in the in the past uh, few years. I know Wisconsin's governor had a, a very. Uh a very serious recall. I made a lot of national attention there. Um, I, I have kind of mixed feelings on that. Of course, when we get in a situation like this, uh, that that would be really easy, right? It would take a lot of pressure off the legislators if if we didn't have to worry about impeachment. We could just go through the recall provision. Um, we've talked about the expense of impeachment. Uh, the, you know, the expense of a recall election is every bit as expensive as, as something like that. The, the other issue with, with recall, the, the problem I have with recall is um, it, it can be even more political than just someone who's doing something unethical. If you know, if someone barely gets into office and and it's really close and, and they do something you may not agree with, not something that's unethical, you know, somebody mm-hmm. vetoes a bill or, or supports a position that you may not agree with, but, um, but it's, you know, again, it was a tight race in the first place, suddenly you're having lots lots. lots and lots of special elections over over things that really should be just decided every every four years or two years depending on the on the office wherein impeachment really is our recall election. That's that's the whole purpose of impeachment. Um, uh, again, over the years, it's taken on this. Well, you, even if you mention the word impeachment, that means somebody's guilty, and, and that's not the case. It's it's an opportunity for us to investigate, but it's still a political process. It's not a criminal process, and that's why we talk about the public trust. If if the public trust has indeed been violated, and and an overwhelming majority of the public is really upset with what's happened, then we have this provision. And, and we should take advantage of it.
0: Let me ask the same question to Minority Leader uh, Selig. What, what's your sense of, of this? Would you support such a, uh, instituting such a provision, recall provision?
5: Uh, thank you for the question. I, I feel like, I mean, it's an interesting notion, and I would want to hear more about how it has actually worked in, in other states. Um, I would rather set the stage to make sure that we have an environment where we don't get to that point to begin with through stronger campaign finance. Uh, another issue that we're taking a look at, that Representative Chavez-Howick is taking a look at, is actually an elections commission that would somewhat serve as an ethics commission that could deal with some of these issues as well in a public fashion, where we wouldn't be opening it up for a whole recall, at least in terms of. Um, election violations. So I think it's an, an interesting option, and I look forward to seeing the proposal.
0: Hmm. And I think that'll be coming from Representative Perry, at least is yeah. what he's saying in the paper. Uh, it, uh, back to the, the Swallow case specifically, um, it's the sense of your caucus. Uh, if the if the Attorney General were to resign, would, would that to resolve the <laughs> issue with regard to the legislature? You know, just let the federal and state investigations take their course, that would head off any you know, any, any any more need for investigation on the part of the legislature.
5: Was that question directed uh, to me? I, I do,
0: yes, sir. <laughs> yes. Um I
5: don't we have not specifically talked about that particular issue. I can tell you that there's enough information out there and people have asked for answers that it may not be that may not be enough. Um a lot of questions have come up, and I think that people want that discussed in a, in a public forum. Hmm. I think, again, it's not just about the individual. It's the greater landscape.
0: So it sounds like even if you were to resign, there might be some, some sentiment in your caucus to continue an investigation.
5: I would definitely say that. But again, I'll reiterate, we haven't talked about that as a group or taken a formal position on
0: it. Representative Cox, your, your sense personally, and maybe your sense of your caucus, what would happen to any investigation in the legislature should the Attorney General resign?
3: Yeah, well, I, I think you know, obviously, that would take impeachment off the table, um, which would which would save save a lot of expense. I, I think there would there would be an interest still, and and at, at least waiting to hear what the uh, what the criminal investigation brings to light, and then and then looking at if there if there are ways that uh, or, or tweaks that can be made to prevent this from happening again, as, as the speaker uh, pointed out earlier if if the allegations are true, then everything that was done is illegal, and and uh, you know more laws making uh, something that's already illegal more illegal. I, I, I don't know how that that would happen, but but I think there's definitely a sense uh, among the body that we really want to know what happened, um, who did what, and and when, and and see if we can if there are things we can do to prevent it from happening again. Mm-hmm. Now,
0: I I suppose with all these investigations going on, and if you know impeachment or other investigations were to begin in the in the House. Uh, This would all be covered thoroughly, but there's there's a lot there to to look at. It seems if the allegations are true, that this is uh, there's just a lot that that apparently has been going on uh, and reiterating that if it's true, Representative Cox.
3: Yeah, and that's that's a good a good point that's been brought up, and um, unfortunately, it, it seems like every week there's a new allegation or a new recording or new emails or or uh, just you know new evidence of, of some sort, and, and going back now for uh, for several years, and it's become very difficult even for those of us that pay really really close attention. Uh, to, to what is happening to keep it all straight, let, let alone the person who who doesn't have the, the time, you know, some of our constituents. And uh, you, you hear many times, well, it's, it's just the Jeremy Johnson thing. Well, uh, the, there are many, many additional allegations and, and evidences um, uh, above and beyond just the Jeremy Johnson allegations. And so it, it has become fairly fairly confusing, and, and there's a lot going out. You talked about the different investigations. Um, we, we haven't spent any, any time with with the uh, with the you know just just the bar complaints that, it, that have come forward, you have the lieutenant governor's um, office as well investigating some some complaints over campaign finances that are that are separated apart from some of the other things. So it's there's a lot out there. It's messy. Um, the, the speaker said, you know, we've never we've never had to go through an impeachment proceeding in the state of Utah. So this is really historical. And and I would like to just if I could, Tom, just just really, really commend the speaker and, uh, and, and the minority leader, uh, Jen Selig, for, for their leadership on this issue. It, it's delicate, and, and, you know, I know there have been attacks made against both of them that they haven't done enough or that they've done too much and we need to wait or we're not going fast enough, and, and, and I think the pace has been absolutely appropriate. And more importantly, um, if I could commend uh, the minority party, my, my friends, uh, the Democrats across the aisle. <laughs> uh, for not deciding to just make this a political issue, because that, that doesn't benefit the citizens of Utah either. And if and when this happens, my hope is, and I, and I believe it's the hope of, of, of the, the minority party as well, that we, we go in this lockstep with, with arms linked, that we work together, that we really are trying to discover the truth and to protect the public trust as opposed to scoring political points. And they, they've done that, and, and they deserve to be commended.
0: Representative C- like you yeah, go ahead.
5: Oh, I would just like to – well, thank you, Representative Cox. I would like to pull on one of the, the threads that the good representative had brought up, and that's about this messiness and how it relates to the public trust and the, the number of allegations that keep coming down. And our, our democracy is voluntary. People participate in our government because they, they have trust and faith in it. And if they don't believe that there's accountability, and if they don't believe that they have voice, then they don't. And when people don't participate, we lose our opportunity for a diverse and robust vision of how we're going to go forward as a community, as a state, as a nation, and as a people, quite frankly. We also lose all of the opportunities for, for watchdog and oversight with government, the less that people are engaged, because I think that they just get apathetic. They get tired. They get frustrated, and they don't believe that what they do matters or that it has any result or any type of link to how people want to live their lives. That's why this is so important, and people don't, in large part, Many, okay, I'll say many people don't differentiate between levels of government. They don't say, oh, my local official's okay, but um, federally they're not, or my state person's okay. All of a sudden, we all get lumped into the same mess, and that just further exacerbates the situation of people being apathetic.
0: Representative Cox, uh, uh, I'd like to... uh, Maybe um, get your response a bit to these ethics reforms, and I suppose you could—you probably see the—even if you don't agree with it—you probably see the impulse for it because this could be uh, perhaps a protection against well-meaning officials who are trying to do the the best they can, but might wander without some of these systemic reforms and and laws uh, into, uh, you know, into into. Forbidden past, to you know, to put it that way. Now they're bad actors, but but to this is this could be a protection for officials as well, couldn't it?
3: Sure, sure it can, and and uh, um, you know again we we passed uh, several ethics reforms uh, this this past legislative session, which which by the way was my first legislative session, so that's the first opportunity I've had to, to participate into some of these debates, and, and and I I really get the sense, and Representative Seelig brings up something important, this idea that we that whenever we have bad actors, we we all kind of get lumped into that, and and unfortunately she's absolutely right, and and that's that's. That's a sad, I I think, the sad state of affairs as we we find it today. And this idea of of respecting and preserving the public trust, we're all in this together. Uh, We we want that to happen. And I think we're always open to looking at new ways and better ways to do that. And, And I look forward to hearing from some of those proposals.
0: You're uh, listening to Access Utah. time time Tom Williams. You're welcome to join this conversation. Another five minutes left, 1-800-826-1495, 1-800-826-1495, or Upraccess at gmail.com, at gmail.com. We're talking about the case of Utah Attorney uh, General John Swallow, uh, subject of uh, federal and state investigations into a series of allegations and uh, there is talk of instituting impeachment proceedings, uh, which in Utah you have to have a two-thirds vote in the House. We're all learning some of these things because it's so rare in Utah. Two-thirds vote uh, to, to just institute uh, investigations. And so that there's some talk of uh, polling uh, the House to see whether there is that sentiment. We're talking with uh, Representative Jennifer Selig, Democrat from Salt Lake City, who is House Minority Leader, and with Representative Spencer Cox, Republican from Fairview. The number is 1-800-826-1495. I want to follow up, Representative Selig, with what you were saying. Uh, the danger here, as you were saying, is that the uh, with, with each scandal and each thing that comes up, the public perhaps gets more and more cynical and decides just to drop out of the process.
5: Yes, I firmly believe that that's true. People don't they have their own limited time and energy, and government is one area, one sphere of their lives that they choose to participate in or, or not in an active kind of way. And we all lose when we don't have people engaging. We really do. I mean, not only about the quality of our lives, but I'll, I'll say it again, the quality of our vision of who we want to be as, as a community and as a people. People just get disgusted.
0: And uh, Representative Cox, uh, uh, I heard you agreeing with with that that sentiment, and I, I suppose this would be an argument in favor of formal proceedings, get this out in the public, investigate it in the public, reassure the public.
3: Yeah, I think that that is the argument uh, for that. And, and I know that that I hear it from my constituents every day, everywhere I go, you know, the question is, well, what is happening? Why isn't anything being done? You know, we do know that these other investigations are going on. And, and I think, uh, you know, I think I speak for all of us that if we if we had some sort of, of knowledge or comfort that within the next month or two, uh, these these investigations, some of them would be wrapping up and there would be more information forthcoming. I think we would all be, you know, again, very anxious to to wait and hear what those are, but but uh, unfortunately, we we don't have that knowledge. We have no idea how long they they are going to take. Um, these federal investigations can take years for all we know. And uh, again, the, the, the public deserves better. They, they, they deserve an investigation. They deserve to know what happened and when it happened. And and, uh, and if, if the allegations are true, then something needs to be done. So I, th- I think that is the argument, again, this, this idea of public trust, uh, that, that we go through this process, have the investigation, and, and figure it out.
0: We had a uh, caller didn't want to go on the air. Uh, the, the, raised an interesting point. A hypothetical. Um, I'll direct this uh, first to, to uh, Representative Seelig. Uh, the caller says, "What would have happened to the attorney general's office uh, if John Swallow had lost the election?" Uh, I guess what they're getting at is, uh, you know, th- this uh, th- these these things allegations happened before. Uh, the fact that the you know the the person in question is the attorney general raises the stakes. But uh, the, the caller is wondering what what do you think would I, I suppose one question to come from that would there have been investigations on on the legislative level uh, if John Swallow had lost the election? I don't
5: I don't know what facts would have risen at at that particular point. Certainly, we wouldn't be discussing an in, an impeachment process with the potential removal of someone from office, if in fact someone's not there. Um, I think that, again, regardless of the, we, we wouldn't be talking about Mr. Swallow if he was not the person that was in that seat. I can tell you that I think that this is a good case study, again, for the environment in which we exist, where it seems like money has undue influence on people so whether or not uh, you know, I don't, I don't know beyond that.
0: Representative Cox, you, your your response to this hypothetical?
5: Yes, yeah, fascinating
3: thought. Again, we know uh, many of these allegations were made before uh, before the the election, although they, the. Press did not get, um, I think, access to most of the information um, until later. We know that the uh, the criminal investigations, at least some of them, had started prior to that, and so and so I you know I assume that those would continue. Uh, again, there, the investigation is also ongoing uh, with former Attorney General Mark Shurtleff, even though he's not in office, so that inve- investigation is continuing. And then and then I think I think what would happen at that point, again, j- just speculating a little bit, but once the information and in those investigations. were, were completed and, and are completed, I, th- I think uh, if there were changes that could be made to, to prevent that atmosphere or, or whatever it is that led to that, then uh, then that would certainly be appropriate for the legislature to look at.
0: Before before we end the program, I wanted to get this comment in from uh, Senate President uh, Wayne Niederhauser. Uh, we invited him on the program, by the way, um, and uh, now learning how the process works, we, we understand this following... Um, quote, which he pointed us to. And he directed this to uh, fellow state senators. This is uh, Senate President. He says, the impeachment process begins in the House. I would encourage each of you to continue to exercise patience and avoid comments that would compromise the duty and oath that you will swear to do, quote, justice according to the law and evidence, end quote, in case we are called upon to serve as a trial body. The impact of such responsibility is sobering. It behooves us to maintain impartiality, of prejudice. I believe this uh, is the duty of the Senate and is, is consistent with our historic role as a deliberative body. It does not mean that we are blind to current events or condone any of the alleged poor behavior. It only means that we are preserving the ability to fulfill our constitutional role with fidelity. That's Senate President Wayne Niederhauser uh, speaking to his fellow state senators. Uh, I think that uh, one of the things that points out is just how unusual this all is. Representative like this is almost unprecedented in Utah history.
5: Uh, Yes, you're exactly right. And that lends itself to the fact that we have been moving at a pace that is thoughtful, deliberative, and with the goal of doing this in the right way and restoring the public trust. It is so important.
0: And uh, we just have uh, about 30 seconds of final comments from Representative Cox.
3: Well, it's been a fascinating discussion, I, I really appreciate this, and, and, it, and I think what you're doing today, Tom, uh, actually helps in this process, and, and, and fills a little bit of a void. There's, there's so much um, confusion out there regarding the impeachment process, and as you read President Niederhauser's comments, you know, I, I've, had, I've had people, constituents say, well, my senator's not doing anything. Well, that's, that's, that's not true. They're actually doing exactly what they're supposed to do, and, and it's not their job to be out there speaking out. They, they must remain impartial. And deliberative, where where on the House we we do have an opportunity to speak out. We have an opportunity to look at whether or not these proceedings should begin. Uh, we, we're being deliberative. We're we're trying to do this the right way. Uh, but we need to we need to inform uh, as well, not just not just our constituents, but but members of our own body. I know I was a little bit confused about uh, about the impeachment process, and that's why I, I set about doing the, the research I did and and actually uh, uh, writing what I wrote. And so so I appreciate this. Opportunity opportunity to help clarify some of those uh, misconceptions.
0: We have been talking with uh, Representative Spencer Cox, Republican from Fairview. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Uh, House Manita, Minority Leader uh, Jennifer Seelig, Democrat from Salt Lake City, has joined us. Thank you so much. Thank you. And earlier we spoke with Utah House Speaker Becky Lockhart, Republican from Provo. Uh, The next step uh, on June 19th, uh, Republican caucus, and we may get a sense of where they are with regard to impeachment. By the way, we did invite uh, the Attorney General John Swallow to come on the program or uh, uh, provide a representative. We did not hear back from him, but uh, on a future occasion we may uh, get a, a point of view from the Attorney General John Swallow. He's welcome to come on. Uh, by the way, tomorrow on the program, we're going to be talking about workplace issues. We're going to be talking about telecommuting. It's famously in the news when the Yahoo's new uh, CEO uh, called everyone back to the workplace. We're talking about flexibility in the workplace and work-life balance. We're all concerned about this. That's on the program tomorrow. And for uh, producers uh, uh, Haley Housley and Addison Pace, I'm Tom Williams. Thanks for listening.
1: Programming in Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members and Logan Regional Hospital hosting the annual Cash Grand Fondo and Outdoor Expo, including cycling, food, and entertainment. July 12th and 13th, information available at cashgrandfondo.com KUSR HD1 Logan, KUSK HD1 Vernal, KUSL HD1 Richfield, KUST HD1 Moab, KUSU FM HD1 Logan.